Glory to God. So we have our new service time at 10 a.m. It's so good to see everybody. I, I imagine there's uh, might be people that are tempted to make wagers on what time we'll get out of here today since I have an extra 30 minutes. Um, don't be tempted to ungodliness and uh, just give yourself to the Lord. We start at 10. And what time do you end? We start at 10, and uh, we'll see from there. Uh, we'll be led. That's one thing that I promise you. We will seek the Lord, and we will be led. Amen? It's so good to see you. Just setting eyes on everybody. Right. Okay, all righty. Yeah, I see you. She's not smiling at me. There, now she's smiling at me. Okay. Good to see you. We welcome everybody that's watching online. We praise God for you. Uh, it's going to be a great day. We've been in a series called It's Time yeah. for an Awakening. Amen. And I know most of you are familiar with that series and what we're talking about. Uh, just to define a couple of things, uh, you can have revival in a church, but an awakening is different. And a, a revival can breathe fresh life into a body uh, and you can see souls born again, but an awakening, yeah. an awakening changes the whole culture. Many times an awakening will not just change a city, it'll change a state and a nation. And we've had great awakenings that have changed the whole earth. And so many of you know this story, but the Lord has me repeat it. Why? Because you need to get it inside of you. You might not have received the word or the vision, but you need to make it yours just as much as I've made it mine. And that is, you know, uh, several months ago at the beginning of this year, without knowing anything that's getting ready to happen with the lockdown and all of these things, I woke up on Sunday morning getting ready to come in and preach one message. But as I woke up, the Holy Spirit spoke words to me strong in my spirit. And what did he say? It's time for an awakening. Y'all been paying attention. <laughs> Glory to God, I've only said it about 200 times. You, I, hope, I hope you got it by now. It's time for an awakening. Two days later... I was listening to a message and Barrett had left me a message that in prayer she had seen a vision. And that vision she saw, she was like she was in space and she saw the earth. And all of a sudden a darkness covered the earth. Now this is in January before the lockdown, before coronavirus was what we know it as today. Right? Before all of the riots and everything, you know. Uh, before all of this she saw a darkness covering the earth and it covered it from the top to the bottom it looked like a, a a black oil complete darkness and all of a sudden that darkness when it went and it covered the whole earth right at that moment Jesus was standing there with her in space and he flicked what looked like was a match and when the match hit the earth, the whole earth came alive with the fire of God. The whole earth was on fire. And then instantly they were backed up into heaven and all of a sudden Jesus speaks these words. It's time. Now she had no idea. That was a month before he spoke to me on that. But I hadn't heard her message yet. That was a month and a half before. I hadn't heard that yet. All of a sudden, I get that word so strong from God. And two days later, I listen to this vision. Well, obviously, it caught my attention. It's time, specific words. 
Well, and a couple weeks ago, if you haven't heard this whole series, I would highly recommend go back to the beginning and listen. God's been covering some things that we need to know. See, if God speaks a word, our job is to take a word and actually put faith in it. Our job is to take the word of God and bring it to pass as we put faith in it so that that thing can manifest. The word says this in 1 John 5, 4. It says that this is the victory that overcomes the world or overcomes the world's corruption, overcomes the lack that that's in the world, the problems, the victory that overcomes it, our faith, even our faith. So if we take a word from God and we're like, oh, great, that's nice. And we don't apply faith to it. We'll never have the overcoming victory of it. We've got to hear these words from the Lord. That's why it's so important to study, to show yourself approved. It's so important to get into the word and keep it fresh. Because if we don't keep it fresh, that faith won't be built. Faith comes by hearing the word. By hearing and hearing the word. We've got to keep that faith fresh. Why? Because we've got some problems to overcome. There's a darkness in Isaiah 60. It says darkness and gross darkness will cover the earth. And But then the whole promise is, but the glory of God yes. will be in you. Yes. The glory of God will come through us. Yes. We are designed to shine with the light of God, His glory, yes. to wear it, for it to overflow. We're designed to operate just like this. So no matter what the darkness looks like, as long as the church is on the earth, we are to carry His glory. We're to carry the fire of God. We're to carry His things. So that why? Because the earth may be dark, but they'll see a contrast in us. We are supposed to stand out. The church is supposed to stand out. It is not supposed to blend in. It is not supposed to be uh, relevant in worldly terms. It's relevant in the victory and the overflow of the goodness of God. In other words, look, I'm not going to do things your way, corrupted earth, corrupted world thinking, corrupted world systems. I'm going to do things God's way, and those things are going to work. That's where people get healed. That's where people get delivered. That's where people flow in the glory, and they start to shine with God's goodness on a backdrop of the gross darkness. It sticks out. It sticks out. I watched as we headed into this season and I saw a church of faith. A church that said, we're ready to go after you, Lord. We are ready to go after you. Man, it was one of the best moments I've ever had as a pastor. When everybody was starting to close their doors and I saw people going, we got to do it God's way. We must assemble and so, yeah, we met out in the driveway for a, for a month and a half. But I saw people that said, no, we've got to do things God's ways. And as, as a pastor, I was sitting there going, oh, my goodness. What a blessing, Lord, to see faithfulness in people. You know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible. It's impossible. So we've got to say, Lord, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to do it? And of course, many of these things are laid out right here. But it's time for an awakening. 
And then a couple of weeks ago, I talked about a word that I had back in 2006. And in that, it showed that everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. Taking the scripture from Hebrews, everything can. But it's time for the people. And, and you've heard me preach for two or three years now. And I said, I said, listen, a time is coming. It's coming quickly. There's going to be a dividing line between people who think they're the church and people who are actually acting like it. And you want to be found on the ones that's doing it right. And I didn't know what was coming. But man, has it ever become true that there's been a dividing line in the last few months? Has it ever been true? It's true. You've seen I've had people in my life, I thought for the longest time, really had faith, really had belief in God. And I'm telling you, this shaking has proven some character, some good and some not so good. The question is, who's our source? Who gets the glory? Who do we trust? Who do we really trust? What's at the core of who we are? Well, we, we've really begun to find out. And I don't think it's going to stop in terms of finding out who we really are. If ever there was a time, oh my goodness, hear this. If ever there was a time to not be lukewarm, to not be cold, but to be on fire with God. If ever there was a time to be on fire with God, today is the day. Say it with me. Today is the day for our fire. Today's the day. Why? Because the world needs it. They need the love of God. They need the healing that He can bring. They need deliverance. They need healing from sicknesses. They need healing from the mental oppression and depression. And listen, our God is a miraculous, supernatural God that can do exactly that, has done it, will do it, and is doing it right now. Right now, today. We don't serve a God whose arm is shortened. He's not Tyrannosaurus Rex. That his arm is short and that he can't reach us. Who's just got a big head in heaven and little arms, but he never helps us. We don't have a Tyrannosaurus Rex God. No, we have a big God with a, with a long reach and strong arms. We have a big God. And he wants to help us. Something really stuck out to me. Uh, if you would, put it on the screen. I want to show you something. 1 Corinthians 13.3. 1 Corinthians 13.3. It says in this verse, it says, talking about love, even if I give all my possessions to the poor, or I give my body to be burned, right? Now, I want you to think about that. What kind of decision would it take for you or I to give all that you have to the poor? That's a decision, right? That's a serious decision. I don't know too many people that have operated like that. What would it take, and this talks about burning the candle at both ends, wearing yourself out for God. Now look at this verse. He says, but even though you can give, you can, give, you can do this, give all your possessions to the poor, or you can give yourself to be burned out, 
Even though you can do this, you can be outside of God in it. Because it says you cannot be in love. Even though I do this and I do not have love. In other words, I didn't do it because God was in it. I did it for the wrong reasons. It may sound good, but it wasn't God. But I want you to see this. This is what I want you to catch. He says, if you're outside of love, it profits you nothing. Now watch this. Why would God give us this verse? And hear that last part. It profits you nothing if you do it outside of love. Why would God give us this verse? Because he doesn't want you to profit nothing. He wants you to profit. He wants what you do to have a harvest. He wants what you do to have a reward. God is interested in your life profiting. Why? Because he wants you to have an abundance for every good deed. He wants you to have this. God is interested in your profit. He's interested in it. This is why I take and make statements like this. The world needs to see a people who understand the character and nature of God, His great and mighty love, and knows how to not just hear about it and not just amen it, but actually walk in the profit of God, walk in the healing of God, the glory of God, the love of God, the life of God. God wants you to be profitable, prosperous, healthy. You know, how if, let's say that I'm beat up with sickness let's say that I'm beat up with sickness can I function at the level I need to function to spread the gospel and the good news there's no way and aren't we called to spread the gospel and the good news yeah it's out of the abundance we do every good work not just abundance of finance abundance of health abundance of peace abundance of joy Whether Nicole's jokes do that for you or not. Abundance of joy. He says, I tell you these things that your joy may be full. That's why I tell you. I I can't argue with you. Abundance. Abundance of hope. The Bible says this. It says that you need to be ready to give an account for the hope. That's within you. In other words, as I'm walking through life, glory to God, walking in the profit of God, and all of a sudden there's a hope on me. Oh, lockdown, I still have hope. Oh, pandemic, I still have hope. Oh, riots, I still have hope. Oh, jobs being lost, I still have hope. Oh, this, oh, that, oh, whatever. In God, we still have hope. And people will recognize that. They'll say, what is that? What is that? Why are you so happy? Don't you know there's a lockdown? Don't you know mass, virus, riots? Why are you so happy? Jesus. I got hope. There's a hope that's within me, no matter what I see, no matter what I face. And matter of fact, if you've been around here for long enough at all, as soon as you face a problem and you call the church and you say, I want to talk to Pastor Brian and Nicole, and you tell us our problem, the very first thing that we're going to tell you is, relax, rest. God's bigger than that. Doesn't matter what you're facing. God's bigger than that. He's so good. He cares about you. He cares about the people around you. 
and he wants to get his love to us. Jesus made it so clear. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10, 10. Jesus said, but I am come that you might have life to the full till it overflows. See, as you profit, you overflow. You're built. I I would say, put it in the comments. We've been doing the daily broadcast. (laughs) Write it on your notes. I'm built to overflow because God does. And you're made in his image and in his likeness. You're built and designed to overflow. Not to be a stale storehouse, but to be an overflow. It's like when you take a water hose, or for some people, a hose pipe, and you stick it in a bucket, and you just turn it on. It's constant fresh supply of overflowing, life-giving water. And it just keeps pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring. And unlike at my house, when I say, Luke, why has that water been turned on? You didn't turn it off. Now the ground's soaked and the water bill's going to be high. Outside of that, God doesn't run out. God doesn't run out. And that's that's why I don't have to worry about the bill as well. Because even if he does run over the bill and the power and the water and everything else, guess what? I have a God who's got an unlimited supply. It's who he is. His goodness. His overflow. It's time for an awakening. It's time for us to have an awakening in our lives. For us to move in the goodness of God. For us to walk in it. For us to carry his hope. To carry his joy. To carry his life. Amen. Amen. I know you believe it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Raise your hands. Thank you, Father, for your goodness now. Overflow in Jesus' name. (laughs) Glory. So precious. Overflow. Hallelujah. Overflow. Now I want you to see something. That was your first message. This is the real one. It's time for an awakening. And an awakening fire. Turn, if you would, to Luke chapter 3 and verse 16. Luke 3.16, you know, John 3.16, everybody knows Luke 3.16, I've come to like quite a bit. I like it. It's time for overflow. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it with me. It's time for overflow. Glory to God. Luke chapter 3 and verse 16 So if you don't know what's happening right now, Jesus is coming to the Jordan to be baptized of John. And he says to fulfill all righteousness like this is right. And I've got to do this to fulfill all righteousness. But you have John the Baptist right here in verse 16. He's prophesying. He's prophesying about Jesus. And watch what he says. You know, know that isn't it true that all scripture is inspired by God? That the Holy Ghost spoke it. We know that it's holy and inspired by God. So this is a scripture of a true prophecy about Jesus Christ. Now some things in the Bible, they're inspired by God, but it was somebody lying, right? 
But that doesn't mean that their lie is correct. It means that the Holy Spirit was showing us what was the truth and what was a lie. But this is a prophecy about Jesus that was true. And it's the Holy Ghost speaking through John the Baptist. And I want you to see what he says right here. In verse 16, he says, John answered and said to them all, As for me, I baptize you with water. But one, talking about Jesus. And, and listen before we get to it. Every word, God doesn't throw words around. If he's going to judge us for idle words, and then he uses idle words, that would be uh, unrighteous. It would not be just. So if he's going to judge us for our idle words, and then he just throws some words around. No, no, no. You'll find with God, he means what he says, and he says what he means, and there's nothing added to, and there's nothing taken away. He says exactly. If you ever hear a word from the Lord, write it down exactly how you hear it. That's important. And so he says something right here by the Holy Ghost through the prophecy of John the Baptist, inspired by the Father, that's very important. He says this, One is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with two things. What? With the Holy Spirit and fire. The Holy Spirit and fire. Two distinct things. Now, I want you to see something because many people think that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is that baptism of both the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, fire was present. They said tongues as a fire. But remember, this is now Luke writing Holy Scripture by the inspiration of God in Acts chapter 2. So let's go to Acts chapter 2 and let's look at what it says starting in verse 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, say it, suddenly, say it again, suddenly. How would you like to have a suddenly in here this morning? Suddenly, all of a sudden, the power of God came in the place. Holy Spirit, we welcome your suddenlies in Boomerang, in Jesus' name. We welcome your suddenlies in our life, in our home. Thank you, Father. And suddenly, there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them tongues as a fire. Now watch this. There appeared to them tongues as a fire. Notice now, this is a tongue, and it says lighting on them. This is not a whole covering. This is appearing as if it rested on them. Okay? Now watch this, because people mistake this. He said, and there appeared to them tongues as a fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And watch this, verse 4, and they were all filled or baptized, with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now, of course, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we believe in it. But you have to know even the word baptized, do you know what the word baptized means? Baptized literally means, the the original Greek and Hebrew words for baptized, they mean to overwhelm. 
So when you baptize, it's an overwhelming, it's touching every part of you. It completely overtakes you, it overwhelms you. And it says right here that they were baptized with what? They were filled to the full, overflowing, inside and out, baptized with the Holy Spirit. But what it doesn't say is that they were baptized with fire. But yet in Luke 3.16, the Holy Spirit says through John, He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So there's two baptisms there. You have the baptism of water, you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and you have the baptism of fire. Now some of you may be thinking, don't I remember a verse back there that says there's one baptism? There's a verse that talks about there's one baptism. This means that's talking about the baptism into the body of Christ when we receive Jesus. And then that's what that's talking about there. He's saying you're not going to be baptized into multiple religions or come different ways. There's one baptism into the body of Christ. That's what it's referring to in context. But inside of that, inside of that one baptism, there's several different things that God will do. He'll lead you to be baptized with water and he commands us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He commands us to do that. But he says Jesus has something else available. A baptism of fire. A baptism of fire. Now this week it was interesting because I didn't know exactly. uh, I knew where I wanted to go with the rest of the series. But the Lord added this message in to this time for an awakening. Just yesterday Mark and I were talking. He brought up a verse and when he brought it up, man, it exploded on the inside of me. I remember one time where I uh, I was praying. I was watching a set of videos Uh, called Faith to Raise the Dead by David Hogan. And Mark and I were talking about this just yesterday. And I think it's about uh, video number three. Uh, He was talking about faith to raise the dead. In their ministry, they've seen over 500 people get up from the dead that were literally dead, lay hands on them, and they come back to life. He had a ministry in Mexico. And when I first met, uh, well, I I didn't meet him till a couple of years ago, but when I first got a hold of those videos and I watch him preaching, like he's bold and he's like, I'm not sure everybody here would like him. He's that <laughs> Miss Nancy said, oh, I love him already. He 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 hates a spirit of religion. And I like that. And I remember seeing those videos and saying, where is this kind of preaching in America? Like, where's, where are these preachers in America? Man, it inspired me. But in one of those, he started talking about the presence of God, and he started talking about a baptism of fire, and this is almost 20 years ago. Well, not almost. This was 20 years ago. And I didn't know what a baptism of fire was. I didn't even know if it was biblical. I, I wasn't sure what it was, you know. And, uh, but I said, you know what, God, if that's you... And you have this. I want it. If this is available for me, I don't want to be short in anything. If it's you, I want it. If you want me to have it, I'm asking you for it. And it wasn't but a few days later, I went to a conference. And uh, let me let me just tell you something. Something happened at that conference that changed me forever. Something happened at that conference that changed me forever. But let me tell you something. That conference... Uh, was over an hour away, 
And I remember one day getting, I was there for two days, I remember getting at that conference one day, and we had $7 in the bank account. $7. I barely had gas to get to that conference, but I was hungry. God says, if you're hungry, I'll fill you. There's a promise all throughout the word. If you're hungry and thirsty, I'll fill you. If you're not hungry and thirsty, you have no promise of him filling you in that way. But I was hungry. Well, it turns out somebody helped me get there. I think, I think there might have been a cost to get in the conference. They covered that for me. They covered it for me. I just barely had enough gas. But I'm telling you, this is why I'm telling you this. This place that I barely had enough money to get to was where I received one of the most life-changing touches of God I've right. ever received in my life. Right. And had I not stretched myself for the things of God, I would have never received that. Right. There's times where you have to press into the things of God. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, you got to say, Lord, I'm going after you. I don't care what other people think. I don't care what I look like. I don't care who sees me or not. i got to go after you. I'm telling you, this decision to go to that conference changed my life forever. Because here I am at this place and the preacher's preaching about the heart of God. And he said, if you want to know the heart of God and have the mind of Christ, uh, stand up for prayer. And uh, I, it was interesting because I was sitting there and I was about, there were probably three to four hundred people getting prayer that day. And there were rows, boom, boom, boom. I was like six rows back. And about each one had somewhere between probably 25 to 50 people in a row. And so I'm watching a lot of people in front of me get touched by God. But it was interesting because every person that that preacher laid his hands on, boom, they fell out, fell out, fell out, fell out, fell out, fell out. Well, I still had some religion in me. And uh, I know y'all have never been there. You've been holy all your life. Uh, but I had some that day I had to work on. God had to help me. And um, so I was sitting there and I went, they are all falling out, falling out, falling out, falling out. I said, now, Lord, I know. I know that you are not touching all of those people and they're all falling out under the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, how did I know that? Well, I mean, odds, statistics, you know, what's the, how, like, I really know what's actually happening right now. I can't, I don't know where their heart is. I don't know what God's doing. I'm standing in line so I can know what he's doing. But all of a sudden in spirit of religion, I know. I'm sure of it. You know, that just shows the pride. Yeah. Shows the pride. Spirit of religion is a murderer and a prideful murderer. Yeah. And I was sitting there and uh, I said, Lord, I know now that. And it turns out I was right, but I didn't know it. <laughs> I was using strong words that I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, I said, I know that you're not touching everybody like that to, to knock them out. And I asked the Lord, I said, I'm, I was like, why are you honoring that? They're faking. They're being hypocritical. And uh, it was horrible, horrible. I know y'all never thought thoughts like that. But this is where I was and I needed help. And, and the Lord spoke to me immediately. I was sitting there in the line. He said, you're right. Not all of them are being slain in the spirit, which is what the technical term is, I guess, maybe, sort of, Christianese. And uh, 
They're, they're being knocked out by the power. Not all of them are being knocked out by the power of God. But then he said this. He didn't even acknowledge what I was talking about. He just, he said, but for some of them, it's just their way of showing, of yielding to me and showing their submission to me. And man, when he said that, it touched my heart, my little religious heart. And I went, oh. It's funny how one word from God can change you. Yeah. One touch of God can change you. Yeah. He spoke a word, my heart changed instantly. And I said, well, I want to submit to you. Yeah. And the Lord said, we'll fall. <laughs> I was like, all right. And so the guy came by, boom, boom, everybody's falling, six rows. So they all fell, boom, boom, boom. I'm still sitting there, my little religious brain's going, Okay, I don't understand why you're honoring this, but okay. Maybe you said, but you know, some of them, they're just saying, Lord, I yield to you. Well, I found out since then what he was saying was so strong and so very true. And when I learned how to yield in expectation, like if a man of God is actually flowing in God, if a man of God, then are you expecting something worldly to happen? No, I'm expecting otherworldly, supernatural, heavenly to happen. But I've learned that I don't live by sight or by my senses. I live by faith. And so I don't stand there expecting to not have something happen. I now stand there in expectation when a man of God or a woman of God prays, something big is going to happen whether I feel it or not. Whether I feel it or not. Just to give you a quick story, one time I was, I've been, we've been seeing people healed as we prayed for them all, all the time. But a few years ago, I start, you know, I'd pray and I would feel it. Like when I'd, when I'd pray, I'd feel like electricity sometimes in my hands on a regular basis. And then all of a sudden, one day, boop, that cut off. I didn't feel a thing. It was like nothing. All my feeling and my senses, there was nothing. And that stayed that way for about two years. But here's the funny thing. Those times when I didn't feel anything, more people got healed. So even though I didn't feel it, something was transferring. Matter of fact, more people fell out during that two years. It's amazing. So we don't live by feelings. We live by faith and hope, expectation, and so I was sitting there, and sure enough, he went to praying for people. Boom, 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 boom. All of them fell out. Boom, 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 boom. I was like, okay. He comes by. He prays for me. Boom. Like that. As soon as he puts his hand on my head, nothing happened. <laughs> nothing happened. I felt zero. But I wasn't yielding to him. I was yielding. To God. I said, okay, Lord, I feel nothing but in submission to you. (laughs) And I fell out. And a good dude caught me. Praise God for catchers. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And all the way down. Nothing. Nothing. Ten, you know, ten inches off the floor. Nothing. When I touched the ground. When I touched the ground, I was laying there on the ground. Thank you, Father. It was like God from heaven with long arms. 
reached down and took his finger and stuck it right on my chest. And I felt the presence of God flood me instantly. And the power of God like I have never felt it before. Instantly, I was in a vision. Instantly, I had a vision. And in the vision, I'm standing up on a hill. I'm standing up on a hill, and in front of me was a very wide road. A very wide road. And if I could see, it would almost be like not rose glasses, but like red and orange glasses, more red than orange. Everything was covered in a red, like I just you know, painted, like I was looking through red glass. Everything was red like that. And everybody was walking down this road, and everybody that was in the road, and they, it was funny how they were confined just to the road, even though the road had no ditches, the road had no fences, everybody stayed on the road. I'm remembering things I've never said. I remember even as it's coming back to me, um, you can see how this was 20 years ago. Yeah. So this is a vision of 20 years ago. So obviously it stuck. Right. I remember the road was not like paved like asphalt. It was like uh, blocks, like rock blocks, almost like cobblestone, but they were bigger than that. I would imagine they were like, you know, six, eight inch deep blocks that were in the road, paving the road. And the people were walking from my right to my left. And everybody in the road was going down this road of life. And they were talking and they were laughing and everything was going well. And that was happening all throughout the road. And they were eating and drinking and enjoying themselves until they got to this end of the road. And I noticed that there was a stop of the flow of people because this road on this side was a cliff that fell off into the lake of fire. And so I saw the road of life and all the people that were on that that lake of fire. Now remember what was the prayer that I was getting prayer for. I was receiving prayer to have the heart of God and to have the mind of Christ. And instantly what happened right here within the last five to ten feet of this road is people got vision of eternity in the lake of fire and instantly terror fell on them. And they turned around to go back and go away from it, but the crowd and the road of life pushed them off the edge and into an eternal lake of fire. Now what was very interesting is as I'm watching this happen, I'm standing up on a, like a small hill or a mountain and I'm overlooking and I'm watching people fall off into the lake of fire. I want you to know that the first person that I saw fall off into the lake of fire, it was like a dagger stuck right into my heart and then twisted. And it hurt so bad, like I thought I was going to die. I mean, physically, I thought I, I knew I was seeing a vision, but I felt like I was going to die. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the next person fell off. And it wasn't like the same dagger twisted. It was a second dagger went in and twisted. And every person that fell off into that lake of fire was an individual dagger into the heart of God that I was now feeling and I was experiencing and my heart was completely breaking. I mean breaking. 
Now, before I saw him fall off into the lake of fire, it was interesting because in the people, every now and then, you would see a column of light, like a yellow light that would shoot up. And uh, almost, almost like um, a Star Trek when they would beam them up, but it would shoot up higher than that. It would shoot up for quite a way. And I knew, and all of a sudden, that person would stop being on that road. And they would be translated into the kingdom of his dear son, the kingdom of light. And they would be born again. All those. But I'm telling you, out of all the people, it was like one out of a hundred or five hundred. I mean, it was not very many that were being born again. But every person that fell off, I literally felt the heart and the love of God for each person. You know, the Bible says this in heaven. It says he will wipe away your tears. He'll wipe away your tears. But I want you to understand, those tears don't wipe away for God. He, he feels the loss of his children. I can tell you from experience, he feels the loss of his children. It was so strong physically. I, I, I don't know how I can express this any stronger than this. As I was laying on the ground watching a vision, the emotion of it and the weight and the, the terror of losing these loved ones was so strong and hurt me so bad, I literally, not, not just thinking this, I literally thought I was going to die. Yeah. I thought I was going to die. And I said, Lord, and I literally prayed, Lord, if you don't remove this from me, I don't think I can make it. Now you tell me what the heart of God is for this age. Is the heart of God for you just to have a big business? Is the heart of God just for you to go to church and you know, be blessed while you're here on the earth? What's the heart of God? Souls. God doesn't want to lose not one person. But he will give you an abundance so that souls will come into the kingdom for every good work. He will bless you, one, because he loves you, but two, because out of your overflow, it will preach to the world about the goodness of God. And it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. It's part of his plan of evangelism. But the heart of God is souls. And I was like, I was laying on the ground and they, you know, I was probably one of those weird people that everybody was like, what is the matter with him? And uh, so I was laying there for 10 to 15 minutes, snot, tears. I mean, I was probably an ugly mess. Don't be afraid to be a mess in the hands of God. Let God do what he wants to do. But when I woke up, when I got out of that and I got up off of the ground, my whole body was vibrating with the power of God. And Nicole can tell you, for three years, or three years, for three days straight, my body shook and I could not stop it. I would try to stop it. I even, we were, we were there, I think it was a day or two later, I took her hand, I put it on my stomach, and my stomach was just going like this, just shaking under the power of God. It happened for three days straight, I couldn't stop it. I had been baptized in the fire of God. I didn't even know what it was. I was just hungry. See, it doesn't say if you're hungry and you know everything about what's going to happen to you, then you'll be filled with everything that's going to happen to you. It just says, get hungry, I'll fill you. Now, here's the problem. There was nobody around me that knew what was going on with me. They were just like, wow, he's touched. And I think some of them thought I was touched, you know. 
Don't be afraid for God to touch you. Because that same fire that was deposited 20 years ago is still burning in me today. That same vision, God has reawoken that same baptism of fire. It's a baptism of fire that will empower you to do what God wants to do in your life. He wants to take the fire of God. And he, he, I want you to see that the word says that our God, who is he? A consuming fire. Consuming fire. If I can paint a picture for you, I believe the Lord gave this to me. When we come to know Jesus, if you can imagine yourself as a piece of cord, like threaded cord, you had all the dirt and all the grime. Imagine taking that cord and like going out into the junkyard, finding the oldest truck that leaked oil for years before it hit the junkyard, and taking that cord and, and what, trying to clean that engine with one piece of cord. All the grime and the oil and everything that would be embedded in that cord. When we come to know Jesus... All of a sudden, he takes all that stuff that seems like it could never be fixed, and he takes the cord, he, he takes that wick of our lives, and he cleans it. He removes all the dirt, all the grime, all the oil that's dirty and yucky, and he makes us so that we can be clean and we can receive the oil of God. We've received a counterfeit oil, a counterfeit that the world has made us unclean and dirty. But yet, when God baptizes us with water, it washes our lives. And all of a sudden, when we receive Jesus, we are made a completely new creation, able now again to receive the oil of the Holy Ghost. And then Jesus will baptize us after we've been born again. Jesus tells us by commandment, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be filled with the oil of God. And he'll take that wick that was so dirty and couldn't receive anything, and he'll dip that, that wick into the oil of the Holy Ghost. And the fragrance and the anointing that breaks every yoke can come on every believer. You may have never had this before, but you can have that baptism of the Holy Spirit today. And, and that oil is fragrant. Yes. That oil, like you can just walk and people are like, I just like that guy. Now there's devils that'll say, I don't like that guy. I hate that guy. That's okay. We don't mind if the devils get mad. Yeah. Just make sure that if you see somebody who's filled with the Holy Ghost, you're not hating them. Right. Amen. That would be beneficial to figure that out. When they're dipped in the oil of God, they have a sweet-smelling savor, an aroma that's precious to God, and it's heavenly. And you always want to make sure that heavenly things don't offend you. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself on the wrong side. But then, that oil, we're supposed to be... Remember this in Ephesians 5.18, it says this, Be being filled with the Holy Ghost. Be being filled with the Spirit. 
This is an ongoing filling, dipping, baptizing in the Holy Ghost, in the anointing of God, in the power of God. In other words, when is the oil of our life ever supposed to run out? Never. But we have to place ourselves in a position that's ready to receive of Him. So you have the baptism in Jesus Christ, in the water of the Word that cleans you. Then you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost that fills you and overflows you with His oil. And then God wants you to have, Jesus will then baptize you in the all-consuming fire of the Father. And our God is a consuming fire. And if we will stay filled with the Holy Ghost, we can stay full of the fire of God for the rest of our lives. After three days, the 24-hour, 24-7 shaking stopped. But for the next two to three months, any time we would talk about Scripture, pray in tongues, or start to just think about God, if the presence of God came near or I thought about the Lord, that shaking would start all over again. I couldn't stop it. For two to three months. And when it did stop, it wasn't over. It was just that, that initial touch that made me know that I had been touched by God. Uh, it had made its imprint, and I knew that I was carrying something yes. from that day forward. Yes. Now, I'll tell you, just being very honest, I'll tell you, time passed. Watch this. I had nobody around me that knew what had happened. Nobody. Talk to me about the baptism of fire. I should have had men of God, women of God, that talked to me about it instantly. Nobody talked to me about it. Why? Because nobody knew about it. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people are going into captivity for a lack of understanding. Nobody understood it. I didn't know what was going on with me. I'm young. I'm you know, young and dumb and I'm hungry, but I don't know anything. I'm still growing. I knew more than some, but what good? And anyway, and it dwindled. It was still there, but it dwindled. And then the crust of religion started to come on. And then a few years ago, the Lord led me to start praying and fasting. Many of you know the story, but I went into an extended fast. I did a 40-day fast, no solid food. A couple of months later, I went into a second 40-day fast. No, I got really skinny. But in that moment, God said this. I was looking for something. I didn't know what it was, but I was looking for something. I'd done, I, again, I got hungry and went to a meeting that I barely had money to get to. It was a lot further away than an hour, but I knew I was supposed to be there. The anointing of God had shown me that. I was driving home from that meeting. Great and mighty things had happened. I was driving home from that meeting. All of a sudden... The Lord speaks to me while I'm driving down the highway. He said, because I was looking for something. He said, what you're after. And he had my attention. Because <laughs> I had been after something. I just didn't know what it was. I was looking for an answer. He said, what you're after is fresh fire. Not fire, fresh fire. In other words, I had had it before. And instantly, this is the first time I really became aware of what had actually happened 20 years ago. 
He had baptized me with his fire. And instantly I remembered that's what I was praying for because I'd watched those videos. And then he baptized me with that fire. And and I shook, man, I feel the Holy Spirit right now on me. I feel the fire of God on me. I said, Lord, send me your fire. Send me your fire. Oh, glory to God. I see now. Just last night, he had me do something. I didn't realize till right now what he was doing. As I got home from that trip, I found myself within a couple of days kneeling in my office at a specific place in my office. I was just seeking God and hungering and thirsting for the things of God. And while I was there, I had a vision of, you know how uh, billowing smoke, what it looks like when it's just billowing like that? Uh, But this was billowing, but it wasn't smoke. It was the fire of God coming straight from heaven. And I knew that fire was coming into my life. I saw a vision of that, that fire was coming into my life. And you may think, well, that's nice because you're a pastor. No, this for every believer. He didn't say to pastors, he, the person, the one who's coming will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. He said to every believer, there's one who's coming who will baptize whoever will be baptized. Yeah. Every believer that wants it and hungers for it. I wasn't a pastor when this happened originally. But I saw the fire of God billowing from heaven, and I knew. And then all of a sudden in the ministry, I started praying for people, and people started getting lit up. They're like, oh, my goodness, I am so hot. I am hot. I feel the fire of God. And all of a sudden it started happening. I knew, like, okay, it's happened. It's happened. What I needed, what I was looking for was fresh fire. Now I'll tell you something I didn't realize till just now while I was preaching. Last night, the Lord and you, we were having an afternoon and getting ready. And I felt the Lord say, I need you in prayer. He said, I need you in prayer. So I, I finished the day. I knew that it didn't have to be right at that moment. I just knew I needed to get there. And I told Nicole even last night, I said, I don't know why. I said, the Lord needs me to, to be in prayer. Oh, he needs me in prayer. I could feel him drawing me. It happened in the middle of the afternoon. He said, I need you in prayer. I said, okay. So last night, I, like, I got all packed up. Everybody went to bed, and I told her, I said, I, I got to go pray. The Lord told me earlier, I got to pray, and I don't know what for exactly, and I don't know how long, so I'll see you sometime. She said, okay, and she went to bed, and I went into my office. And I was sitting there for a few minutes. The Lord started talking to me about a couple of things, about you know the building and provision, and that surprised me because I didn't think he talked to me about provision in that moment, but he did. He cares about what you have yeah. and what, what we're operating with. God cares about your profit. Yes. Why? Because if your heart is right, your profit will take you to new places. Yes. And then all of a sudden, I felt the need. I, had, I wasn't even thinking about this, and I didn't even catch it till I was preaching just a second ago. He said, I want you to go pray over there. Well, that over there is the same place I was praying when I saw that billowing fire several years ago. And what he was saying is, I want to renew fire in you and into the body of boomerang. I want to renew it. And I remember he wants us to be filled with his fire. Why would he want us to do that? 
Let me tell you, I, I've, I've got a number of scriptures here that I can give you on it. Our God is a consuming fire. You understand that when our God moves in, He doesn't want just a little bit of you. Don't you know that a Christian declares, if they're an actual Christian, they say, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. Not just a Savior, the Lord of my life. That means that I'll do whatever you want to do. He doesn't just want a part. He wants all. He's a jealous God and He wants all. He wants every bit of you, every bit of me. He wants every bit of us. And that's been the problem in this world is He's not had all of us. But let me tell you something. A way to get to that place, let the fire of God blow. The fire of God blows in our lives and the consuming fire of God, it burns out everything that's not of the Lord. And the only thing it leaves is godliness. And see, once we move into that place of the fire of God and the holiness of God, now we can come into the presence of God. And if we can stay in the presence of God, no evil can, can be there. This is where you can be and every fiery dart is quenched. No evil will befall you. Every plague will not come near your dwelling. Every plague, Psalms 91. Why? In the presence, in the shadow of the Almighty. But how can you come clearly into His presence if you still got sin in your life? Because if, if you don't let the fire of God burn you up and burn that junk out, then you're going to want to go into the presence of God. But He said, I can't let you. I can't. You can come close, but you can't come in. Because if you come into the holiness of my fire, if you come into the holiness of who I am and my character and nature, it will burn you up. But if you'll let my fire touch you, if you'll let my fire touch you, it will purify you. It will consume you. Instantly, you will start looking at things differently. The Word of God is a refiner's fire. It brings all the trash to the surface. And then Jesus scoops away the trash. And what you're left with is the purity of the gold and silver of God's heavenly things. We need the fire of God. It's a consuming power, uh, fire. It refines us. It purifies us. It sanctifies us. And the truth be told, nothing we do in our lives will last if it won't go through the fire of God. Every action that we have on this earth, God will put His fire to it, and the only thing that you will be rewarded for is what stands. So we can do all this stuff and, and do what the world calls good, but if God didn't tell us to do it and it wasn't coming out of His command, it's worthless. It profits us nothing because it's outside of love. God says, look, I'll take my fire and I'll make everything you do worth something. I'll make every action, every thought worth something. Not just in this age, but in the age to come as well. The consuming fire of God. So just pray with me for a second. Just start receiving even now. 
You see, the thing that's holding back an awakening. You would think that four or five months of lockdown and mask and pandemic scares would, would by fear alone drive people into the church. And there are a few that are waking up to it. But we're not awake. Our society's not awake. Our church isn't awake. I'm preaching this series simply so that we can have faith to know that we need to wake up. On Easter, every church is closed. At least we're in the parking lot. Easter! Oh, I believe in God. He's my Lord. So you won't celebrate His resurrection? Should have been full. Basically no different. We need an awakening. It's time for an awakening. The issue is there's stuff standing in the way between a full awakening and the fire of God will burn it out. And let me tell you, the awakening doesn't start with the world. The awakening starts with the church. It starts with believers who will take their responsibility to pray, take their responsibility to be baptized in the oil of God, in the fire of God. It it takes believers that say, Lord, let me stand up to my responsibility. Let me yield myself to you like Pastor Brian yielded that day and didn't even understand it all. I don't understand it all, Lord, but Father, I yield myself to you. I see even today, I'm not asking you to yield to me. I'm asking you to yield to the word and to yield to what God wants to do in your life and let him do it. Put him on the throne. Make him Lord. Lord, I'm going after you. I'm all in and I will never go back for the rest of eternity. I'm going after you. I'm running after you. I will do what you say. I will take action on what you tell me to take action on. What I see you do, I'll do. What I hear you say I'll say just like Jesus Lord I'm going after you we need the fire of God the fire of God will consume everything that's not of him purify us sanctify us make us holy move us into the places so that God can use you the way he's always dreamt of the vision and the destiny that's been inside of God for your life is found in the fire of God. Hear that. The the vision and the destiny that has been in God for all of your life before you were even created and formed in the womb, the destiny that God has seen for you is in the fire of God. Many people don't want to give themselves to the fire of God because that means they're going to have to stop doing some of the things that their flesh loves so much. They don't want the fire of God. God's looking for some people, and I'm looking for some people today, that say, I don't care. Lord, I want you. And I might not even be at the place where I can fully yield to you. Help me get there. Help me, Lord. Help me. Get my thinking right. Get my heart right. Help me to see where I need to go so that I can live lit up and full of the glory. Hebrews 12, 26 through 29. 
and his voice shook the earth then. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This expression, yet once more, denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken as of created things, so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. You heard this first couple of weeks ago talking about it's time for an awakening, those things that can be shaken. This is what the fire of God does. The fire of God comes into your life. It grabs a hold of you in the gentleness of God, but the harshness against the devil. And it starts shaking your life. And everything that's not of him is shaken out. And everything that can remain, that can't be shaken, remains. And now you're purified. Now you're sanctified. Now you are empowered to go be a witness of God in everything that you do. Verse 28. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Let me just say this. If there's things in your life of the flesh, of the world, that can be shaken, they're not of your kingdom. The things that can be shaken out of your life are not of the kingdom of God, which can't be shaken. So if you see articles of the flesh and pieces of the flesh and habits and thoughts and things like that, let me just tell you, that's a kingdom that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And as long as you leave it there, it will do just that. It will minimize your life and it will stop the growth of the people around you because you're designed to overflow. You're made in His image and in His likeness. You are designed to overflow the goodness of God, the purity of God, the anointing of God, the fire of God. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude. Wait, let us show gratitude. Let us show gratitude. How do we show gratitude? We yield to the Lord. Lord, shake out of me everything that needs to be shaken out. Shake it out, Lord. In other words, if we don't yield ourselves to the shaking of the Lord and the, and the consuming fire of God, we're not being thankful for what we have. Can you see that? By which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. For next verse. For our God is a consuming fire. He doesn't want part of you. He doesn't want a little bit of you. He wants all of you. He wants every bit from the top to the bottom. He wants every bit, every thought, every action, every minute of every day because when He has it all, all the great things He can do through us, all the great things, the exploits, the supernatural, this is what so many people have yearned for. They long for supernatural because they're made in supernatural. In His image, in His likeness, they're longing for it and the church hasn't had it because they didn't want to yield themselves to the fire. Moses is a man who stutters, who doesn't even know what to do. He, and then God says, I want you to go let my people go. Set them free. He's like, I can't even talk. 
Let Aaron talk. But he has an experience with the fire of God in a bush. And the fire of God started burning all that out. And the exploits of God started working in his life. And he set the people free. One of my favorite passages is Isaiah chapter 6. Many of you have heard me, heard me say it before, but let me just read to you because I want you to see this. I want you to see that Isaiah is sitting there and he finds himself in the presence of God. He finds himself, you know, have you ever walked into a place and, and you thought, oh no, I am in the wrong place. I have stepped into a place I shouldn't be. You know, I've, I've rounded, you know, one time we were in, in Seattle and uh, we were walking down the streets and we turned down an alley and all of a sudden I smelled, you know, funky cigarettes. They weren't, they weren't tobacco. The wacky tobacco. And I was sitting there and Nicole and I were there and we turned down and there was this whole crowd at the end of this alleyway, and they were sitting around smoking their joint. And, and, and as soon as we turned the corner, it's like, ooh, uh, that's not tobacco. And they didn't look friendly. And I thought, oh, we are in the wrong place. And this is where Isaiah finds himself, but not from a bad point of view. Here's what happens. He walks into the presence of God, and he realizes, I'm not ready. I'm in the wrong place to not be ready. And he says, Woe is me, for I'm undone. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst a people of unclean lips. He walks in, and here in the temple uh, is God in all of His glory. And the seraphim, the angels of fire, are moving around. And they're shouting, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And all of a sudden, he realizes, I found myself in the presence of God. And the fire of God, he might not have known these words, but the fire of God has not purged me. I have sin in my life. I live in a people of sin. I'm nothing. He says, I'm undone. I'm about to die. I'm done. I'm about to die. And then all of a sudden, God sends one of his angels with a coal from the altar. Isaiah 6, 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings, and with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. Each seraphim, the angels of fire. The angels of fire! He said, my ministers are a flame of fire, talking about the angels. They carry the fire of God. They work with us. They had six wings. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. Whew. 
and the foundations of the thresholds trembled. Do you understand that we are experiencing now a shaking that's shaking the foundations of this earth because there's a glory coming into it. There's a fire of God that's entering in at this time and the foundations are about to shake. This is what we're seeing in this time. It's a separation of the sheep and the goats. Ones who believe and ones who don't believe. The ones who are carrying the fire and the glory. And ones that aren't. People who are serious about the work of God. And the ones who aren't. And there's things about to be shaken up. They're being shaken now. Verse 4. And the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. The temple is filling with smoke. There's smoke before a fire. There's a smoke. The people of God are getting out of the wet wood stage. The smoke is filling the temple in the house of God. They're in the real house of God. There's a people that are starting to let the fire of God burn the water of the world out of them. They're smoking, but they're about to catch. And when they catch, they're going to be ministers of God's fire throughout the earth. The thresholds are shaking now. The temple is filling with smoke because I see the people of God that are starting to catch fire. And no matter if they're ready or not, they can be if simply they'll yield their heart to the Lord. Then Isaiah said, then I said, woe is me for I am ruined because I'm a man of unclean lips and I live amongst a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah is saying, I'm not ready. As I preach this message today, do you feel that same feeling? I'm not ready, Lord. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. But let me tell you, there's hope. Just like I wasn't ready that day. But the fire of God helps us. It doesn't just chastise us. It helps us. And God sends an angel to take a coal from the altar of the fire of God. He said, what Isaiah is saying is, I'm a man of unclean lips. He's saying this, he's saying, look, he said, I'm in a people that don't even know how to talk right. There's so much corruption in us, we don't even know how to talk right. We don't even know what to say. We don't even know what to say. God says, I see you where you're at. And I'm calling you into the fight. I see you in your sin. I see you in your place. But if you'll just make yourself available, I'll take a coal from the fire and I'll cleanse you. Verse 6, then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. Notice, even the angel is not touching the fire of God, yet you're designed to have it touch you. 
Verse 7, he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is forgiven. I don't think I'm talking to anybody in here, including myself today, or anybody that may be watching online, who doesn't feel their iniquity, doesn't feel their lack. I think everybody can, can relate to that on some level. But I've got good news for you. God will take a coal from the altar. Not the consuming fire, but something that's touched the fire. And he'll cleanse you with his holiness. And instantly, you will be cleansed and ready to walk in the consuming fire. Baptized with fire. And Jesus will baptize you. John the Baptist. I'm not worthy even to loose the thong of his sandals. But Jesus, he, that one, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Can it be wrong if Jesus is doing it? Verse 8. Isaiah, who just a scripture ago was saying, I'm undone. I'm a dead man. I've seen the Lord. I'm not worthy. One touch of the fire of God, of the coal of God, and instantly in verse 8, we get this out of Isaiah. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And then I said, Here I am! Send me! Next verse says, Go. Isaiah went from being the one that's like, oh no, I'm dead. I'm not worthy to be in here. One touch of the fire and all his sin is erased. All the iniquity is forgiven. And instantly he moves from being the person that's like, oh no, I'm done. To being the person who says, I'm here. Send me, Lord. I'll go do this. One touch of something that's been in the fire. What can the fire of God do in your life? It can wipe out all of that low self-esteem. It can wipe out all of that stuff. And it can focus on the things of God and let the glory of God come into us and wipe out everything that would hold us back. Wipe out everything that would hold us back. Everything. And not only that, but empower us to be who we're called to be. I just want you to close your eyes. You know, you know what to do. If you're wanting the fire of God. The fire of God, let me tell you also, it burns up the enemies. Yes. You got enemies in your life? Stay in the fire. They can't enter in. You got enemies of debt. Enemies, enemies of, of lack. Enemies of sickness. Get in the fire. They can't live there. Yeah. You remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Even the men, their bonds were burned up. They were not burned because they were created in the image and likeness of God. 
but even the men that decided to come against them and, and listen to the command of the king were killed because they had made themselves enemies of God because they had made themselves enemies of the children of God by listening to the wrong voices. The enemies of God are burnt up in the fire. You need something in your life, get in the fire, it'll be handled. You need things to come to pass. You need healing. You need deliverance. You need finances. You need to become a minister. You know inside of you, you are called to win souls. You need the fire. You want to do exploits for God. You've known all your life. There's something more. There's something more. I'm tired of average. I'm tired of mediocrity. There's something more. I want you to hear these words right now. You know what to do. Yield to the Lord, and the fire of God will touch you. I want to tell you the altar is open starting right now. If you need to go, run to it. Don't waste time. And as you're coming, let me tell you something. Start asking the Lord, Lord, touch me with your fire. Touch me with your fire. Touch me with your fire, Lord. Touch me. I receive your fire. I want to read you this one last verse. Put it up on the, on the screen. I want you to hear this. What was the ministry of Jesus? What was the ministry of Jesus? Are you not the body of Christ? Are you not the ones to fulfill every work of God in your life? What was the ministry of Jesus? Luke 12, 40, 49 in the New Living Jesus said these words, red letters, I have come to set the world on fire. And I wish it were already burning. Say it with me. It's time for an awakening. It's time for an awakening fire. Jesus said, I wish it was already on fire. Play some music. Father, right now we receive your fire. Just lift your hands wherever you're at. Lift your hands right now and just say, Jesus, I ask you, baptize me in the Holy Ghost and with fire. I'm yours. You're the Lord of my life. You're the director. Whatever you say to do, I will do. I believe you died for me. And I believe that God brought you back to life and raised you up. And you didn't leave me in that place of death. I am saved. I'm born again. I'm part of the family of God. And today, Jesus, I receive baptism in the Holy Ghost, dipped in the oil of the Holy Spirit, And I receive a baptism of the consuming fire of God. Lord, burn in me. Burn through me. Take me where you want me to go. I will not hold back from this day forward.